Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, I trust that everyone is doing well this morning, and I certainly pray that we are all doing well this morning. Um, my turn to preach uh, as we end up this series on uh, fostering the family of God, uh, the kind of uh, vision that uh, as elders we came together uh, over the elders retreat after about a year and a half or so of uh, going through this process. Um, I'm sure, just as the other elders expressed, uh, you know, we and the ministers, we're happy to be at this point right now, because uh, early on we were all just anxious to get going, anxious to do something, but we really had to do the work. We had to, you know, do the uh, self-analyzing, you know, get gain perspective on, you know, uh, where we're at scripturally and where we think that uh, this body of believers uh, under our shepherdness. Uh, you know, under the, certainly the great shepherd Jesus, uh, try to do, try to be obedient and do what God, uh, God wills us to do here on this earth. So, um, you know, as uh, just a review, just a little bit, you know, Ronnie kind of gave the introduction and, and talked about, uh, uh, you know, equipping the saints to do, uh, as he said there in Ephesians, so, uh, and gave the apostles, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about in every wind of doctrine by human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. Um, yeah, so uh, nurturing, fostering, uh, training ourselves, equipping ourselves. Uh, and we do this through studying the scriptures, you know. Uh, and my sermon today, I kind of want to key in a little bit on, on the laboring toward love because it takes effort to come to this love that is somewhat equitable to the way that God loves us. Um, and it's a process. Um, you know, uh, Jared in his um, sermon, uh, preaching through Acts there, gave us a glimpse of what the church might look like, you know, when everyone has this love for each other and this love of Christ and love of God how they all came together, sharing their possessions, supporting, encouraging, and supplying one another with every need that they had. Um, that, to me, is a heavenly picture of what life on earth could be like if those things that are done in heaven were to be mimicked here on earth as we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Mike went on to talk about an unconditional love and here again, this is, a, this is a difficult proposition, right? An unconditional love where you give of yourself to someone else without an expectation of a return. This is, again, a more godly type love. Uh, God has given us His unconditional love so that we may be able to reciprocate His love toward others as well, where we're willing to make this sacrifice, which God, you know, sent Jesus, his son, to us as a gift, a sacrificial gift, to atone 
for the sins of man, and that would be every man and woman born of this earth. Um, and again, as Berg indicated, no labeling involved there. Uh, as we as humans like to label ourselves and divide ourselves into different groups and whatnot, God does not see us this way. God looks at us merely as those who are saved and those who are condemned, and God's preference would be for us to all be saved. And so our mission would be to reach out to all peoples of any background, any race, or any other label that you might want to throw out there, and to approach them with the gospel. So for me, <clears throat> thinking about what I wanted to preach about, I kind of wanted to expand on how do we attain this love that would be equitable to viewing people in the way that God views us. Um, recently, you know, my wife and I have made a pretty significant lifestyle change. We are uh, getting a little older. My wife is already retired. Um, we had a fairly large property, as properties go, you know, a uh, 3,200 square foot house on two acres, lots of work involved in maintaining a home. and. Um, we're just looking to simplify our life so that we might be able to enjoy some of the more things, you know, some simple things in life. And so we've made that change, a lot involved there. Um, not sure why I'm talking about that just now, but <laughs> just saying it does, by simplifying our life a little bit, we're eliminating some distractions, and that's where I was going with that, you know, because life can put many distractions in front of us that will preclude our ability to view people in a loving way. Um, my own experience, I know when I first came to Christ back in 2007, July, it, uh, I had been studying here at First Christian Church uh, the Bible, fellowshipping with folks on Sunday, coming to church, coming to Sunday school, learning to learning about God and about Jesus. And that, to me, is kind of the first step, you know. In order to come to a point where you can look at someone and not label them and just look at them and say, this person is a fellow human being who I wonder, my first question would be is, does he have a relationship with Christ? Does he know who God is? Does he know that he is valued for who he is or she is? and that God loves them for who they are and how he created them. And if they don't, then my charge would be to help them recognize that, you know, to bring this message to them and to hopefully have the power of the word impact them to the point where they would then want to pursue a relationship with Christ, God, on their own. So laboring toward love, that's kind of the heading of this sermon that I want to talk about today. And my first point, if you will, would be learning to love God. Um, I had uh, marked uh, Matthew 22, 36 through 38 here, just as something to look at. Um, <clears throat> I'll find it here. Uh, let's see. Yes, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? 
And Jesus, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So the first and great commandment is learning to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And how would we begin this process? Well, I think, you know, you can relate this in some ways to earthly terms. You know, how do we get to come to love someone in an earthly way, in a way that would be very common to a lot of us? Well, we develop a relationship with them. That's the first thing that we do. Well, how do we develop a relationship with God? Well, first of all, we need to, uh, we need to um, interact with God through the study of His Word, uh, fellowship with His people. And when I say His people, I'm talking about others that have given their life over to Christ and are committed to doing God's will. Um, and then through prayer, because this is uh, a way that we can communicate with God is through prayer. So we have to develop this relationship so we have to learn about God, and the only way that we can do that is by through the scriptures, because uh, you know we can learn a few things here and there from folks, and folks can recite some scriptures to us, and we can come to church, and, and we can hear the sermon being preached. And for those that come to First Christian Church, and I'm sure many others throughout this land, that you know, there are dedicated, um, God-fearing folks that preach the truth of the scriptures, no matter how hard that truth might be to hear sometimes. Because we, as Jesus has told us, you know, to follow him, we must deny ourselves. We must die to ourselves. Berg reflected on this a little bit. This is also a difficult task. So it is a process, an ongoing process. I like to refer to it as a lifelong process because um, once we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we then have the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is our counsel. This is, our, this is what connects us to Jesus, and Jesus and the Father are one. And so we are connected to God through our acceptance of Christ through, uh, through baptism. And then we then have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we have this open line of communication. I can say honestly that when I first accepted Christ as my Savior, I had come to the point where I accepted the fact that there was a creator God who had created all that there is. I believed the information, the books of the Bible, things that are contained in the Bible, the truths that are contained in the Bible, and uh, I accepted all of that. But did I love God at that point? No, I did not. I was still logically and from a real maybe kind of worldview looking at it. The facts lined up for me. I felt that this was true. The Spirit was working on me. Yes, I accepted that. But then I had to learn how to love God. So, and the only way that I see from my perspective is that this is done through, again, interacting with God by studying His Word, fellowshipping with His people, and through prayer. And this is the way that we come to know the character of God, and this is how we come to know that this being God who created us all had such a love for us that, uh, you know, he sent his only begotten son to, to reconcile us back to him. And that's really the next step in that equation is recognizing that we need a savior. Because if we don't recognize that we need a savior, then what's the point of even, um, you know, 
being a Christian. Yeah, there's some good, you know, moral uh, ways of living in there. There's some good truths in there, but if there isn't a God and we don't need a Savior, then why can't I just go out and be a good person based on my own viewpoint of what I think is good or what I think is bad? So we need, um, we need to understand that there is a God, a God creator, who has set a standard for the world, and we fall short. We fall short because we are under the wrath of God through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. We are now under God's wrath, and there's a judgment that was passed at that time. And for all of us born since then, we are under the condemnation of this wrath. And so, in essence, we are living in a dead and dying world. We are dead and dying. Um, and the only way to be saved or to have a life is to come to Christ and be reconciled back to God. And the, and the, the gift of that is eternal life in communion with God and Jesus, just as it was in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Um, <clears throat> so we have to be able to develop these relationships. And again, um, the relationships come through knowing the Word, uh, fellowshipping with others that are in the Word and that have uh, made that choice, and um, through prayer. Um, I finally, you know, have come to that, I have come to that place. I have, I've spent the last 15 years, well, 17 years is when I first started coming back to church. I had not been baptized prior to that. Um, and it was actually through me being at home with my mother-in-law who was dying of stage four lung cancer. I was transitioning out of one business. That was uh, not a happy place for me. I uh, didn't have anything to jump right into. My wife was working. I needed somebody, she needed care around the clock. I stayed home with her. And in those quiet moments in the wee hours of the morning, I was just being called. I could feel a presence that was telling me to satisfy that answer, you know. Is there a God or is there not a God? And that's what drew me back to it initially. And then once I got into it, once I accepted Christ, for the last 17 years I have been continually studying the scriptures in men's Tuesday morning disciple group along with other extra biblical stuff. Um, fellowshipping with people of the church, uh, building relationships with people of the church, and, you know, coming to learn to love God. I love God because, not only because He loved me first, but I recognize that I do not deserve His love no more than any other person, and God loves me for who I am, my weirdness and all, and for some of you that know me personally, know me, I'm a little weird at times, right, you know? Um, I'm not... Uh, I'm not like a model, perfect person by any means, um, but I try, you know. I try to, through this love that I have for God now, I try and tell myself when I encounter people, uh, even people that are misbehaving or whatever, or maybe don't look like me, or maybe who are doing things that I would never do, I would look at I tried to look at them and ask this question of myself, how does God view this person, you know? 
And the answer to that is God views this person as someone who needs Jesus. And as a body of believers here, this is, this is how we should be looking at not only each of us in this building, but for those folks outside this building. Because our mission here on earth is to seek the lost, to proclaim God's message to all peoples, all nations. Now, in our little sphere of the world here, you know, we may not have that ability uh, to do that all on our own, but we're not asked to do that all on our own. As we bring people into our body here and we train and equip them, as Ronnie was talking about, just as I was trained and equipped to not only pro proclaim but defend the gospel, um, there are many other bodies of believers throughout this nation, throughout this world. We are fortunate that we live in this particular country because we can do all of these things relatively uh, persecution-free, if you will. Now, the tide might be changing, some would say, you know, but hey, this is no different than it was in Jesus' time. If you were a Christian, you, you ran the risk of being fed to the lions on any given day, <laughs> you know. We're not quite there yet, thankfully, and I'd be praying that we don't get there. Um, the other side of that great command that Jesus went on to say that, um, and a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. What's Jesus saying there? Well, Jesus is saying that if we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, that would cover all the commandments. If we could accomplish those two things, we wouldn't have to worry about the other eight. Because if we are true to these two, the rest are covered. That's an incredible statement. And when you really think about it, what would you not do for someone you love? What would you prevent yourself from doing out of respect for someone you love? You know, we wouldn't be murdering each other. We wouldn't be coveting our neighbor's things. We wouldn't be worshiping other gods. You know, there's, there's many things that that covers, and that's, that's great. Um, kind of going to move on and finish up with... Uh, and forgive me if I'm not being too clear. I'm kind of rambling on, but uh, uh, been a lot going on, and uh, I've been trying to be really focused on this, but it's been kind of difficult. But uh, I think you kind of understand where I'm going with this. You know, learning to, learning to love the way that God loves is is a lifelong process, and it is I think it's critical to to the vision that we're talking about here on fostering the family of God. If we can make the best attempt that we can make to love the way that God loves, um, I think you'll find that our experience here as Christians in the body of First Christian Church will be greatly improved. And uh, not that it's bad now. Uh, I've, I've been able to get my spiritual nourishment in this church for a long time. And, 
and this church has had its ups and downs and uh, will have its ups and downs in the future. But, you know, the greatest thing that we have is the relationships that we build through this body of believers and with other believers scattered throughout our community, have great relationships in this town with, with folks that go to other churches that have similar, you know, that, that I know from just talking with them and being in their presence that, that they are, you know, God-fearing, God-loving people. Um, so I want to finish up with uh, a, a verse out of nine here. It's this uh, it kind of goes on with a, a new commandment, you know. So uh, Jesus is um, at the Last Supper talking about things, and he says, when uh, uh, Jesus says, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also, you also are to love one another by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And this is, again, coming back to the sermons in the previous sets here of this series. You know, each one deals with the subject of what, how do we behave, what are we doing that sets us apart from the world because we, as citizens of heaven in training, if you will, are to be set apart from this world. That means that prior to being a citizen of heaven, we probably held a certain set of worldviews or values. But now that we are in training to be citizens of heaven, we have to adopt this new set of values for the God's people because with Christ as our Savior, having accepted that, knowing that one day we will be taken from this earth and will reside in heaven, any worldviews that we might have now will not exist. Just the truth of the scriptures will exist, and we will be in communion with God and all of the other people that have abided in God and His love, and that's it. Now, that's a, that's a hard message, too, because there's a lot of people that do good that are not Christians. What about them? Well, they need to know that God is responsible for all good, and they need to know that although they may be doing good, they're taking that credit for themselves or not doing it in the name of the Lord. It does not count for anything for them in the afterlife. And that's a shame, and that's sad. That's why it's important for us to be proclaiming this message. And we talk about we have our Reach, Teach, Connect. Well, Reach, Reach is a two-way street. There's those that reach to us seeking, and we can help them. But it's incumbent on us, too, to reach out, to seek those that will not seek first themselves to hear this message. And this is, 
This is part of our plan for nurturing the family of God. We are nurturing ourselves to be able to live up to this mission that we've been commissioned with from the Father. And learning to love is key to that message. We have to train ourselves. We have to labor to learn to love like God loves us. And as it says right here, you know, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Well, we know the depth and breadth of God's love is boundless. So that is a, a high standard to aspire to. Um, and I think maybe I'll just leave it right there for now. Um, we'll wrap up in a little bit of prayer. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, just thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to come before this body of believers. And I pray, Lord, that the message delivered today would, uh, would work on people's hearts and people's minds. Lord, we know that oftentimes uh, through the study of your word that uh, there are some tough lessons in there for us. There are some tough truths in there that, that we just don't necessarily want to hear right out of the gate. Uh, and we pray, Lord, that you would, uh, would soften our heart, Lord, and open our mind so that we could hear that truth and feel that truth and know that um, this is what you, you intend for us. Father, we just pray that we can not only support and encourage those folks that choose to worship with us in this building and fellowship with us at our different events, but also too, Lord, that we would be strong in reaching out to this community, Lord, seeking those that are lost in need of hearing your message, Father. Bold, and loud in proclaiming your glory for your glory so that your will could be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.